Hello and happy Tuesday, my friends. This is Amy Lee San Juan, and I'd like to welcome you back to another informative episode of Cisco Champion Radio, where we provide insights and visibility into products and solutions across the Cisco portfolio and trending topics across our industry. If you like our podcast, please follow us and feel free to share your favorite episodes with your colleagues and friends. And of course, if you have any thoughts or comments on what we should cover in a future episode, let us know. Talk with us on Twitter at, at Cisco Champion. All right. Today, we are going to give you an update on Nexus dashboard and ultimately you are going to gain insights into how to achieve operational excellence through simplified and cohesive experiences across all data center networks. We're going to talk about things like licensing, AI and ML and sustainability. So stick around while our Cisco experts and champions help uncover what you want to know. All right, so first things first, we are going to get started with introductions and Len, I'm going to start with you. What do you do? My name is Len Ledford and I work for a company called Serium Networks here in the Pacific Northwest as a solutions architect. So thank you for having me today. Thanks for being here. All right, Micheline, you're up next. What do you do? Hi, this is Micheline Murphy. I'm a consulting systems engineer. Also in the Pacific Northwest, you and I, Len, should get together for coffee. Yay, uh, I, work I, in, <laughs> I work at Worldwide Technology. All right, Mike, how about you? Sure, uh, Mike Whitty. I also work at Worldwide Technology and I'm a principal architect um, working on a lot of lab stuff, uh, learning paths, R&D work. So this is right up my wheelhouse. All right. Okay, Jeff and Carlos, thank you for joining us today. Can you tell us who you are and what you do at Cisco? Sure. Um, I'm Jeff Allen. I have been at Cisco for about 15 years, focused on data center networking the last 10 or so. Um, I lead the worldwide architecture team, for the pre-sales team that does data center networking, including hardware and software. Oh, and I guess it's my turn now. So I'm, uh, I've been 18 years already at Cisco, which I, I don't know how they keep me here, but I'm still somehow here. Uh, and uh, right now, I'm the director of product management of Nexus Dashboard, which is partially what we're going to be talking about today. So excited to be here. Excited to have you. All right. So I am excited to kick us all off. Uh, Nexus Dashboard. Super exciting. Uh, I want to know what new values um, it's going to add to the data center. What's new? You know, what is exciting? So, um... The overall uh, goals, the design goals of Nexus dashboard are to make it, if we simplified what a network administrator does, they provision stuff and then they have to operate it. And those are the two key um, overarching goals that we are solving with Nexus dashboard. Um, the provisioning piece, the customer can choose, you know, whether they're an NXOS customer or maybe they're already using Nexus dashboard fabric controller. They may be an ACI customer, but they're falling into that, um, you know, the controller piece is solved for us first on what they're going to be doing. Um, there is a lot of control points that customers go through manually if they are not using Nexus dashboard in those in that oversimplified model. Um, and if, then when you throw operations on it and you have compliance and um, it gets extremely unwieldy. So, Carlos, would you agree that's... Uh, Kind of an, you know, the, the overall goal of what we're trying to solve. 
Absolutely. I mean, you said it fairly well. I think if I remember back in the days when I was a network admin, I would get paid to do two things. <laughs> As you said, one, how fast can you bring my connectivity services, no matter where the business takes me? And how, how, how fast can you bring them up, right? And, and getting configured and rack and stacked. And, and, and so the second thing, how, well, make sure that the network doesn't fail, because if it fails, I'm going to go after you. And then I'm going to have to measure you on how long it will take you to fix it. So those are the two main things you want to provision as fast as possible. And then you want to make sure that network keeps up and running. And that's what we're trying to do. No matter where the business takes you, whether that's one site, multiple sites, branch, uh, and so on. Right. You mentioned it fairly well. So I, I absolutely agree with what you said, Jeff. Yeah. So Carlos, I was going to say, Jeff and Carlos, can you guys go into specifics about how are you going to make, you know, somebody stuck in the data center and how are you going to make their life easier? I mean, these sound like interesting, interesting propositions. So, um, if I, if so, so the provisioning piece is certainly going to make things easier, right? Like, um, the, now there is something that's going to handle what they've been doing manually with some orchestration tools, or they've been home, you know, writing, uh, how to put configurations onto the switches and, um, booting them up. And then once they're up and running, they use other applications to try to pull some statistics out of the switch and those kind of things. So we're going to make that piece of it so much simpler, like the initial setup, the, the switches boot up, they connect, they, they are waiting to be assigned to a controller, which is a manual step. You go in and you make sure like, yes, this is actually what I want to do. Um, once that's done, it opens their world up to an, an entire network of visibility, great analytics, troubleshooting is, is done so much faster with Nexus dashboard. You're not jumping switch to switch to switch to try to find out what's wrong. Um, another big thing that comes up is compliance that somebody goes to a switch. And when I was a network administrator, I did this all the time. Something wasn't working. I'd go onto a switch. I'd change an ACL and stuff would start working. And then I, I, my troubleshooting was over and I forgot to go back to fix that. And so now I have a, a ACL that's not in place anymore. And so it's great to know that if you're using Nexus dashboard, things like that aren't going to happen. There is something watching over all of the configs to make sure that everything's staying in sync. Um, and then using uh, another piece of Nexus dashboard, the orchestrator, I can take this compliance um, visibility piece across data centers and, and to multiple sites to make sure that even in different data centers, things aren't getting, you know, out of sync. Jeff, Jeff to summarize what you said, because you, you pretty much brought us to a lot through a lot, right? But uh, so you, you, I heard different words that you mentioned. You mentioned orchestrator, then I think you mentioned controller. So what I would like to wrap up all this with from a product management perspective is we have a platform called Nexus dashboard, right? And all those great things you do, you can leverage Nexus dashboard platform by enabling services on top of it. Those services are divided, as you said, into two provisioning. How am I going to get things done faster? How through automation automation is the secret sauce behind all the things that you said, right? So. An automation can be can be incorporated into the controller, as you said, you know, discovering switches as quick as possible, automatically provisioning them. So configure once, deploy anywhere model. Second, orchestrator, as you said, that's the second service that we're gonna be covering today from a provisioning perspective, which is gonna allow you to interconnect different sites and clouds automatically. Most of the time we leverage that automation by by creating VXLAN within a few clicks. 
Today, if you try to do that manually, and I think, Jeff, that's what you were talking about, right? I mean, and we were joking about this before with, with Mike, I think. Uh, you know, typing commands all over the place makes us look smart sometimes. But, you know, <laughs> nobody's getting paid more whenever you type more and more commands. So if you can just get two or three clicks, automate VXLAN from one side to the other one, from one spine to a leaf, that's already a great benefit that the, uh, the controller <clears throat> on one end for a given technology, whether ACI or NXOS, or across sites using Orchestrator can give us. So I think that that's a, a huge advantage in terms of provisioning. And then again, day two, operations. How do we keep the network up and running 24 by seven? By extracting telemetry, right? So if we extract telemetry from every single switch or controller, if you have them, then now we can start incorporating other things like, well, how is your network operating? Get me a quick assessment on sustainability of my, or my performance of a network, or am I, probably going to see a problem that people are going to complain in a few days, but I can anticipate to it because now I know beforehand if something bad will happen. So you're just simply accelerating not only time to identification, but also time to resolution by leveraging all this 10, 18 years in some cases of knowledge that some of our engineers have, and now putting them in context of what we call an anomaly, which will identify any potential problem in your network, along many other things that we will discuss down, down this conversation. But just wanted to compliment a little bit what Jeff said, because he said, as, as he has said, he represents uh, our, our sales architects or, or technical solutions architects, that they spend a lot of time in front of a computer and a switch, and we're trying to save them time and hopefully some sleep. So hopefully that's still the case, Jeff. It absolutely is. Uh, network was the last holdout for GUIs, you know, like storage <laughs> fell to the GUI, um, desktops fell, servers fell, networks held on for a long time to that command line. Yeah, I have a I have a sticker that says I'm a CLI girl in a GUI world. I feel like that should be changed to I'm a GUI girl. Yes. In a API world now. Ah, yes. Um. <laughs> you know what you're saying is actually extremely important, Micheline, because we we were with some customers a few a few weeks back in EMR, and they were saying, you know, like some of our or most of our engineers now work to provision; they work directly with the API, mm -hmm. and I, I think that's great, right? If we have that ability, we should leverage it uh, the, 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 as much as we can. The problem is that I have said that it's great if you have the know-how. Some customers don't have that know-how yet. Yeah. So it's great for them to have a tool that can accelerate that time to provisioning somehow. And the other thing is also, I believe the best automation you can make or you can make the most out of is the one that you do not need to code for. So I think if you're already going to get some automation embedded in the product or the platform in this case, you can complement and customize based on your API skills. And now you have a fully comprehensive configuration platform that can be, you know, accommodating your needs. So I think that's extremely so important. That, Go ahead. that brings up a really good point, Carlos. I was wondering, since we're talking about, you know, provisioning, can you tell us a little bit about what kind of, you know, fast provisioning we can do with Nexus dashboard? Yeah, sure. I think Jeff already mentioned some of that, but mm -hmm. let's let's recap. So controller, right? That's the that's the first right. point. Today, if we don't have a controller, well, we have standalone switches. As you said, yep. killing the keyboard is our special is a specialty. And I, I remember having a CCIE in less than eight hours where I would perform quite a lot of commands again and, and, and I would have like eight to ten different switches. So if I had had 
the opportunity to just configure everything once. Let's say those lengthy ACLs or that routing protocol with authentication applied to multiple interfaces and switches at the same time. And I just did it once, kind of like what we, or probably you guys did this with a notepad, right? We would be copying all these commands and then pasting them. We'll have to copy paste, right. <laughs> just we'll imagine as an evolution of that, right? Like that, now we, we got rid of a notepad. We can just mm -hmm. define our configuration once and simply say deploy now to five, 10 switches or even across sites. Now, if you take it further from the controller into the orchestrator, which I will cover next, right? But that would be kind of the first step. Just connect, automatically discover. Like in this case, let's imagine you discover all the switches that are connected one another, accept them or register into the network, which is great because now you have control over this amount of switches from a central place and then automatically configure VXLAN. That's the first step. If you want to go VXN, by the way, because the controller sure. can also do classic, uh, you know, three tier two. So three. when you say classic, what are you talking about? Classic? Are we talking about layer mm -hmm. two? Are we talking about like OSPF, or what is classic to you? Spanning tree base for layer things. two or VPC base from you know like okay. server connections, external switches, and then between the spine, I mean the spine, the core and distribution layers, which are you know what we usually do besides the the access layer, we usually do either layer two in some cases or layer three as well, PEP, OSPF, okay. and so on, right? So those so are there's the a lot of there's a lot of flexibility involved there. Absolutely, and you can automate anything, right? So that's kind of the idea. Most people are shifting and, and Jeff, not sure what you're seeing out there in terms of the project you're facing, but most people are looking for two different things. One, how can I extend my network? As I said, anywhere, and it's not because we can extend it, right? Because before we used to have spanning tree and then, you know, everyone would be like blocking half of their ports. But also, how can I move workloads from one point to another one, especially after VMware or Hyper-V or Red Hat and so on, all these hypervisor players, Nutanix, they all start doing VM mobility. So in the end, you cannot be provisioning a single port statically and then expecting to have the same QoS, the yeah. same security settings, follow that machine anywhere it goes. So I'm not sure, Jeff, if you're seeing that in your projects, but that's something we have heard quite a lot from customers. Absolutely, that's one of the beauties of having a VXLAN network is I don't have to worry about spanning tree anymore, right? Like I can finally leave that behind and um, Radia Perlman and as great as she was, <laughs> spanning tree did us a whole lot of good and a whole lot of bad. Yep. Um, one thing, Micheline, you talked about the APIs and I just wanted to touch on that really quick. I kind of see two customer bases right now if they're not using Nexus dashboard, they're they're still in the notepad world where they're copying and pasting configs, or they're actually really advanced and they're using the APIs that are in an XOS and they are writing their own applications to do that, like completely unaware that Nexus dashboard also has an API that's available to them where they can do things in mass to many switches or groups of switches. And in a lot of cases, they don't even need to change their licensing. They're already licensed to do this, and they're just unaware of the benefits that they would already have if they would install the application. So I would think that the primary benefit, if you're if you're that savvy a customer that you're you're pushing uh, API API calls to each individual switch in that, your yes. data center, that you could make one call to the Nexus dashboard and have the controller push it all down for you. Absolutely. They're still doing switch yeah, by switch yeah. management. They're just advanced in the way they're doing it. Yeah. Yeah. So, so how does day two operations go, right? We've built a data center and, you know, management comes around and says, oh, we need a backup data center. Can I use these templates and these API scripts that I have to lay out this next data center or the next data center or a cloud mm -hmm. and keep all my configs consistent across this? 
Yeah, absolutely, Len. I think one of the things that I wanted to close with with the previous topic, topic so that we can extend across different data centers is that whenever you move on from a traditional environment, CLI-based, switch-by-switch, interface-by-interface configuration to one that is controller-driven, now the personality of every switch, meaning every piece of configuration that you put on every switch is now based on an identifier, which is great because whenever something fails, and obviously in Cisco things never fail, right? But if that were the case, we would be replacing a switch, a hardware, right? We would be replacing that switch uh, with a different box, right? The nice part is that if you assign the same ID, now the whole configuration automatically gets dumped into that new piece of hardware, making all that you know RMA process or replacement process way faster. So again, now you're talking from a CLI, you know, configure everything or TFTP servers back then, uh, backup configuration and resource into something that just happens. And then if you move that across different sites and clouds, well, again, as you said, you can now get active, 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 active standby, copy the same configuration from a single data center to another one, and then you don't need to repeat anything, right? Because you're standardizing or templatizing, as, as we would potentially call it, from a single location, which is where the orchestrator now becomes handy, right? So you start with a controller, single site, most likely, or in some cases, multiple fabrics. It can also span across multiple fabrics, like what we could do with ACI and multi-pod or multi-fabric in NDFC. And then now we can start connecting all these different sites, templatizing the configuration and either synchronously or asynchronously deploying to the different data centers. So again, very useful, as you said, Len, for active, active, active standby, active, active, again, VXLAN extension across sites, active standby, probably you just want to fail over from one to the other one without changing IPs or without changing policies or even doing vMotion or, or VM mobility across different sites. So it's extremely useful from a provisioning perspective not to have to repeat the same thing over and over again. Yeah, so, so one of the things too is when when uh, customers are configuring things like VXLAN or, or something very, very complicated, right? Uh, does does this tool help them with best practices, that type of stuff to, to be able to configure, you know, the correct VXLAN and, and things like that, um, you know? in the templates that, that you guys supply. Absolutely, Jeff, let me ask you this before I answer Mike. How many of your TSAs, and I don't want to overexpose, let's say when they joined your team, how many know how to do VXLAN manually? Oh, probably 20% <laughs> were pretty well versed in it, um, you know, before they joined the team, yeah. Probably not too many, right? I mean, they have to learn at some point how to do it. But I would, I would imagine that when I tell them, hey, what do you prefer, manual versus something that just takes you through the things and then tell you this is the MTU you need to have. Like this is the, the for example, there's, there's different types of VXLAN, like multicast. Sometimes you need to set up multicast or you need to set up different type of things like, you know, ingress replication and so on. So those type of things, I'm guessing you want to avoid configuring manually, right? I, I'm, I'm guessing that's the case. It's the mistakes too. It's because it's multiple switches involved and it's the mistakes. It's that human error yeah. that is and the killer, right? And then you spend four hours trying to figure out why this, why it's the link's not coming up. And, yeah. and it's know, 90 it's lines of code. Yeah. And this, yeah. this could definitely help customers out deploying things, yeah. right? This could definitely yeah. help customers out that, especially if they're migrating from, let's say a standard, you know, three tier network to VXLAN, this something like yeah. this could definitely help customers out yeah. right? because it's templatized. And, and Mike, we make templates for everything. So a, a real popular topic right now is AI ML and building your networks to be AI ML ready. 
Um, and it's kind of funny because all of these newcomers are all coming into the, you know, network vendors coming in saying that they're AI ML experts and all of this. And, and it's funny because as, you know, speaking from Cisco's perspective, we know this stuff is not new, like in how to build these lossless fabrics. We have had this capability for quite some time. Um, the, the new focus, though, seems to be on job completion time versus latency. And so we're starting to see that Ethernet actually might be the better choice um, for AIML networks. Um, but we have templates for this, for even for AIML, that customers like, look, I, I want to run an AIML workload. They don't understand that the network has to be lossless for that to happen. So um, they're building an AI ML application. We apply a template that is going to put all of the correct configs in place across all the switches so that PFC and ECN and everything is in place and ready to go. Um, and, uh, and, and it's a bit, we're, we're finding customers, you know, benefiting from templates that do that and, and a whole myriad of other things that are included with the product. So can, can something like insights help, help a customer like tune those, those type of things? I was going to comment on that, Mike, especially based on Len's question, right? I mean, once we finished provisioning, which was great, now you need to make sure it keeps running. So whenever you bring now the second part, operations and day two, again, we're extracting telemetry continuously. So if, if we see something that is not adhering to the best practices, like, for example, again, MTU is not consistent, which is a major, you know, problem sometimes when you have this, right? You, you don't know where the MTU is broken, but somewhere in there is not, is not helping me. So just identifying those type of things or thinking like, or, or things like, well, there's, there's this specific mapping, you know, like, especially it seems Michelin that you have dealt a lot with manual VNI to VXLAN mappings, right? So sometimes the same <laughs> mappings are not consistently done. Like somebody right. can tell you, hey, there's this thing that is not necessarily right. Or there may be in the VPC environment, right? You have either VXLAN or classic networks where we don't have the same VLANs. And then therefore through the VPC, uh, you know, peer link, things will not correctly work if, yeah. if one switch fails over over the other one. So things like that, if something or somehow you can get alerted and hey, you're not doing this as Len was saying, Mike was saying uh, with a day two telemetry type of solution like insights in this case that it can tell you hey maybe you need to fine-tune this because we know it will not help you down the road uh, that's probably better to be proactive versus you know reacting to a potential problem so absolutely mike and, and i think that's that's the case here carlos that reminds me one of the guys on my team spoke at cisco live one time and i forget the exact title of his session but it was use nexus dashboard so that it does you know that it does the troubleshooting before you need to troubleshoot. Right? <laughs> it's the best troubleshooting because it's going to warn you that you're going to have an outage if you don't fix something. It's not telling you, hey, you have an outage right now. Um, it's a step ahead of you. So, right. So, so I have a question. I have a I have an existing data center, right? Where's the traditional three tier, and I'm looking at moving to you know the the fabric controller, moving to new Nexus switches. Is there a, a migration strategy to go from this technology to the newer technology and make sure I'm doing things right? About the implementation that you have, the templates and best practices as we move it forward. And we have other considerations like licensing that are going to come into play. So, so I have an existing data center, right? And I'm using a, a traditional type of data center design as we talked earlier. And I want to move to either a new, you know, Nexus dashboard. I want to implement VXLAN as my stretch across. I mean, is is Nexus dashboard going to help me make this transition and, and make the right decisions? Well, so, yeah, you know, first of all, it would incorporate both that classic LAN 
um, you know, considering if you had Nexus 9Ks in your classic design and um, and then Nexus 9K in your new PLOS fabric design or whatever it is that you, you know, whatever fabric you have built on the other side, then yes, we would be able to see both sides of this. Um, if if we can extend VX LAN across, then we can actually move all those workloads from, from the classic LAN over to the new fabric as well. Um, uh, you you know you'd be using your you, whatever tools you have to do that that transition, but yes, we could certainly stretch that across and make that you know a an option for you. Um, as far as building the new fabric, then it falls into everything that Carlos has talked about on the provisioning side, right? Like you're going to build that new fabric probably at 10x the speed that you built your classic one. Um, so, uh, that would fall back into, you know, how quickly you can provision the new environment within Nexus dashboard. But if I were going to do that job, I wouldn't do it without Nexus dashboard because I wouldn't want to start moving workloads without knowing that the new fabric is actually healthy before I do. You know, that, you know, all of my, um, links are operational and I don't have any black holes, you know, layer three going to nowhere that kind of thing. So. Yeah, and we we want we want to make Nexus dashboard the simplest way to manage and operate data center and well cloud networks in the case you're using Orchestrator, right? So, I'm guessing one of the things we want to make sure is that no matter where you are in the journey, whether you have an ACI fabric or an NXOS fabric, that you have an easy way to automate what you have, right? So if it's an ACI fabric, most likely you brought it you brought it like in, in a greenfield type of scenario and we brought it up through the controller and you're good to go and now you can leverage the telemetry benefits that nexus dashboard offers or your trader benefits that it offers right so that's one path uh the other path is if you have an nxos standalone that means without controller type of environment now you can bring nexus dashboard to the picture you can either incorporate it if your if your main idea is having visibility you can incorporate it as either uh, through the controller or without a controller down the road, uh, which we're trying to support with insights as well, so that no matter which path you have, controller-based, non-controller-based for NXS environments, you still see value, whether from a configuration and insights perspective or only from an insights perspective. So that's up to you. Now, if you decide to go into a configuration and automation type of approach with your traditional NXS fabric, we can have different type of approaches, right? One is I just want to absorb it and then want to apply something we call a template on top of it so that you can start opti uh, automating the specific things that you might want to, aut to automate, or you can have it built from scratch. So a VXLAN fabric is very, very different in nature than a classical one. So most likely you will want to start from scratch, just get everything ready from spine leaf architecture rather than a classic you know, course uh, distribution and access one. And then we can help you doing that even from you know, the way they boot to when they get, where they get their image from, how they build the underlay, the overlay, and so on. So all that is possible through the what we call the Nexus Azure Fabric Controller, which as you can see is very similar to what ACI does, but now for NXOS-based fabric. So that's accelerating time to provisioning. And then on top of that, whether or not you have insights, or I mean, whether or not you have controller, I mean, you can have insights so that you can, again, reduce that time to detection, that time to innocence that we were saying, right? So I think, yes. I'm not sure if that answers the question. Len. This is, this is, it sounds to me like what this is really gonna give customers is that that single source of truth Right, especially if they're NXOS, right? Because I have a lot of customers that are still, you know, regular NXOS VPC, and you know, they 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 have to do it like you said, switch by switch, right? So it sounds like we can actually use dashboard 
to automate a lot of the the day-to-day operations uh by by ingesting their configurations and and then managing them through through dashboard is that correct that's right and also mike if you think and i'm going to ask this question as well to jeff i I know i'm I'm probably the one that is supposed to be answering more than asking but uh jeff how many times have you been asked hey why do i choose do i choose nxos or do i choose aci and then all of a sudden we're going down this rat hole that yeah. ends up, you know, with different things that we might address at some point in this in this conversation. But I think we want to get rid of that. What do you think, Jeff? Do yeah. you get that question a lot? I get that question a lot. And the funny thing is, is that the customer actually has the answer to that question. They just don't know it. Uh, they have to. I, I I need to ask them a few questions, and then they're going to give me the answer. You know, based on oh, you you need VXLAN, but you have no need for policy. Oh, okay. Well, now I know what you need. Oh, you do need policy. Okay, perfect. I know exactly what you need. Like. So, yeah, they just need to be brought down the path of, you know, led to the answer, the, but, but they already know that what they need to know in order for us to get there. And the point I'm trying to make is that no matter which decision they make, everything converges in Nexus dashboard. Right? Correct. The yes. idea is that your operations stay there, no matter if you went ACI or you went NXOS or down the road, you decided to change, you stay consistent, right? So I think that's a, the biggest thing we're trying to address with this. No matter which path you go, everything just converges to Nexus dashboard. So, so all of your management, all of your troubleshooting, every everything can be done whether you use VPC or ACI or NX or VXLAN can all be done through dashboard. That's exactly right, Mike. Yes. Yeah. And it, it doesn't it doesn't mean I want to be very cautious about that, right? It doesn't mean we're replacing any of that, right? I mean, the controller has a very very important and fundamental aspect in each one of the fabrics. This is the one that is discovering the switches, is actively provisioning underlay, overlay. You know, you still have a lot of great things happening in the controller, but it's just unifying all those different sites, which may be heterogeneous. They may be different. That is is the biggest value of all this. In addition to what we covered right before, like multi-site connectivity, insights, and so on. But again, keeping that under the single pane of glass and having single sign-on capabilities and so on, it's probably something we want to take care of instead of getting more, you know, screens in the knock, right? Uh, I wanted to switch gears a little bit because Jeff had mentioned something that I thought was really interesting about mon- being able to monitor the health of your um, your data center, and I know that. You know, if you're a seasoned ACI user, um, getting getting health numbers from uh, from your APIC is pretty standard. But I'm kind of curious about things like um, power consumption or carbon footprint or greenhouse gas. Um, you know, there's a lot of move towards being much more um, green. Or at least much more uh, resource conscious as the costs of things go up, and I'm, I'm curious to know how does Nexus dashboard kind of contribute to that kind of awareness. So I'll take the first stab at that one. Um, so with the new version of Nexus dashboard, and I think it's going to be even enhanced in a very soon to be released version. Um, we are we have sustainability numbers reporting built into the dashboard so that you can see on a per site or a um, on a per fabric basis what the power utilization is. And we actually went a step further that we know where the site is. The customer's given us some locale information when they were setting the product up. So we're like, oh, you're in Santa Clara, California, and we and you get your power from Santa Clara Power Company. 
And we know that that power company is, you know, what their breakdown on how they are generating power, wind, solar, water, you know, coal, we know all those things. So we give you that much, you know, we tell you what you're using and we do that through some partners, um, Panduit and uh, Vertive, I believe, are the two vendors that we're using today. Um, so anything that you honestly have plugged into those PDUs, we can give you power usage information on and report that into the dashboard to show you how much power you're using. And this is becoming more and more important because in the state of California, they've passed a law now that you have to report what your carbon footprint is for your business. And so every business in California is going to have to report this. Maybe you have to be above a certain size business. I don't know, but but you have to report your power numbers. Cisco is in this boat. We have to report that. And so um, so being able to on a on a per site basis for you to be able to look at what your power utilization is, that's kind of key because in the future we'll 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 give you more than just reporting. We'll give you the ability to actually do things that can lower your power usage, you know, on the network. Did I cover it, Carlos? You did it. Yeah, great. It's nice having a PM here because there's nothing that he doesn't know. So you mentioned you mentioned a couple of things that I, I loved. And one of the things is for those of you that may be hearing us that are not familiar with dashboard or that may be familiar with dashboard. We, we made simplification one of the top priorities of the product. So again, if you haven't taken a look at it uh, lately, but you did you saw the, the, the previous versions, just download 3.0 or one of the post 3.0 releases that we have, and you will see a major, major improvement towards simplification. And again, that goes with what you, what you said initially, uh, Jeff. We want to make sure that the experience you get, whether that's sustainability driven or compliance or any of the use cases that we have been covering here, it's hopefully as, as great as it can be, and we're just keep doubling down on that, and we're going to keep doubling down that so that we can reduce the amount of time it takes for somebody to learn a tool. And hopefully that won't be the case in this, in, in this product, right? But, uh, but yeah, just uh, take a look at that. I think that's, that's one where we have invested quite heavily. Yeah, for sure. So, so one of the things that, uh, that I saw announced uh, recently um, is that there's going to be a change in licensing coming soon. So... Um, could you guys maybe elaborate on that a little because and compare and contrast about how licensing used to be and, you know, how, how it's maybe a little bit more attractive for customers now. Absolutely, probably I'll, I'll start there, uh, Jeff, and you can also give us your, your thoughts on how, how things are shaping also from, from, from your team's perspective. Um, but basically what we did and, and before I start with the changes, I'll tell you where we are right now. Uh, right now, in order for you to get dashboard, well, dashboard comes included in every tiered license model we have. So today there's, there's three different levels of licensing, right? We have Essentials, Advantage, and Premier, which is attached to every switch, every Nexus switch in this case, that our customers purchase today, right? So uh, Essentials entitle you to using the controller service that we covered before, you know, automatically discovering and automatically provisioning whether classical or um, VXLAN-based fabrics. Then Advantage, which includes in addition to controller orchestrator for, you know, multi-site connectivity and templatizing the configuration across different sites or clouds. And the third one is Insights, uh, which is only uh, allowed for users that purchase Premier. As you can imagine, Essentials is the base layer, then Advantage is a little bit more expensive than Essentials and Premier is the, the, the one that has the most value, but also comes with a, with a premium in terms of price, right? So 
as you can imagine, there's a lot of need out there to minimize downtime and accelerate time to resolution. Therefore, insights is extremely important, no matter the size of the network or even, you know, the budget our customers may have. So what we wanted to do is we wanted to select a specific Nexus dashboard insights feature. So some of those that may be some very, very fundamental things that our customers may need that I will go through in a bit so that no matter what license level you have, no matter the, the switch amount that you have or the size of the network you have, you always can use, starting with Essentials Insights, at least some form of it, then Controller. And then if you have Advantage, you get more features of uh, Insights. And then if you go in Premiere, you get even more features or all the features, I would say. So this change is expected, well, has been effective since November 4, 2023. And again, our idea is that there's really no Nexus switch out there without Nexus dashboard. The main breakdown of things is that, for example, in the essentials layer, we are covering things that, again, are fundamental for each one of our customers to have. Things like, for example, automatic hardware and software lifecycle and end of sale notification or end of support notification. I mean, we shouldn't expect our customers to go out there to Cisco.com and then try to find out by themselves if a, if a box or a software version is still under support, right? We want to be proactive about that. So that's included in the essentials version. A topology also fundamental for everyone. So we can definitely get a topology that where you can drill down one fabric at a time, figure out what's connected, switch-wise, endpoint-wise, and so on. We also give you some anomalies and some advisories. For example, I want to be alerted immediately if there's a switch or interface down or set one pieces and end of sales, or probably some basic upgrade checks so that you know with a little bit more confidence what will happen or if everything will go right whenever you do an upgrade plus tech assist, right? So those are the main features that we're seeing as essentials. There's other things like our inventory, like the global inventory, switch level, endpoint levels, uh, interfaces, and VMs, or integration such as VMware, or uh, our journey, which is telling you how to use the product and what you can expect from it, or even clusterize some of some different Nexus dashboard uh, environments or appliances that you may have. So that's for the essentials layer. As you can see, there's still a lot of functionality already in that base layer. Then if we go to Advantage, now we get obviously more things, right? Like for example, verified scalability. Things like a hey, how many, let's say, endpoints or routes can Cisco support in my environment based on the current software version I'm running. So instead again of going to Cisco.com, let's just proactively check and assess your network versus those limits. Or now get a multi-site multi or multi-fabric topology so that I can see overlays and underlays, right? Which is something we're, we're also bringing up. Or anomalies and advisories, as I said, they get they get richer. So now I can see more problems, not only switch down interface down problems, but but best practices and and active bugs in my networks and so on. So way more things assessed based on that telemetry we're we're extracting. Uh, then sustainability or bug scans. How many times we have to to get bug scans performed manually? I mean. Maybe you, you still have a great value doing them manually, but now in addition to that, you have something that continuously assesses your network uh, and, and so on, right? So there's a lot, again, of value now brought into the advantage layer, which may include other things like L3 neighbors, capacity, uh, other integrations like the one from DNS, uh, the, one, uh, the one that includes the DNS or Panwid, as Jeff, Jeff was talking about, and multicast, for example. And last but not least, obviously with Premiere, which is our top tier, which is where we believe most of the value will come, which will include things like flow traffic uh, or flow collection, traffic analytics, which will take you, tell you things like drops or latency or congestion 
or other things like delta analysis. Maybe I want to understand how my network looked like the previous week uh, before downtime happened, right? And I want to see the changes between both. Or compliance, I want to enforce compliance based on specific configuration elements or authentication, for example. Or I want to go further to customize what, what I want to be alerted on and what I don't want to be alerted on or get some pre-change analysis to understand the impact of change before I actually make it. So multiple, multiple things that we're, we're having, obviously at the premier layer, which is still our preferred option, but still, if you don't have that, we want to make sure again, essentials or advantage, get the select uh, feature set uh, for those customers that may want to, to so, include that. Carlos, you just jogged a couple things in my memory, and I just, I just have to say these things with that before we close this, this podcast out because these are some of my favorite things like bug scrubs were yeah that is such an incredibly difficult thing you know yeah. my customer is at this version they want to go to this version they do a proactive tack case they want a bug scrub before they do it they want to know what's going to happen and that functionality is built into the product um the uh the advisories um many moons ago i was an hp server customer and um, and you would sign up for advisories, but, but I would get an advisory for like some very low end server and I'm operating, you know, a premium data center. And I'm like, that is just noise. I, I don't want that. Or it would say th these, here's an advisory for these hard drives that are used in some servers. And I'm like, well, are they in my servers? Like that now that's a big problem for me to go figure that out. Well, we're not going to send you advisories and Nexus dashboard if you don't have that inventory in your network. You know, it's it's smart. Um, and then uh, another feature is that pre-change analysis you just talked about. You know, so um, so Len, for your question about you know I, I'm I'm going to upgrade you know one data center to the next. Well, I'm going to I'm going to be able to check and see before I deploy some configuration in order to accommodate that. The, the system's going to tell me, hey, here's what it's here's what's going to happen when you do that. This is this is the change that's going to take effect and you will be able to know before you do it if you're going to cause something undesirable. Um, the fourth feature that I really love is TAC Assist and like why every customer is not deploying Nexus dashboard just to get TAC Assist, you know, like yeah. I have a, a component failing in a switch. Why not go ahead and have a TAC case opened and a show tech already be there waiting for me, right? Like it's it's just a it's dead simple. So so that that's available right in the essentials, correct? Yes, TAC yeah, assist is essentials. Because I really like the way you guys are breaking this down because you know without even having licensing. So maybe, you know, my my sales cycle, I I don't have any money until, you know, next quarter or maybe even, you know, next year. Um, I can basically deploy Nexus dashboard basically for nothing, right? With using, you know, the virtual Nexus dashboard and, and get all these features and functionality. I mean, you know, like you said, the P certs, the, uh, you know, the, and the support, all that stuff is, is a real pain in the butt for, for customers to do, especially when they have hundreds of switches, right? And different yeah. models. So this is, this is huge. I, I love the way Cisco is going back and they're giving features for free to customers who, you know, didn't pay for those. They're, mm -hmm. you know, they're, they didn't have them previously and they're giving them features saying, Hey, really, you should, you should install this to get this new functionality out of the equipment you already own. Yeah. The last thing I'll say about this one is that not only, obviously we still want to drive our customers for premier because we believe that's where the most value for their money will come in. Right. 
but we didn't want to stop there just by saying, hey, Essentials and Advantage already has a subset of features. We also wanted to say, how do we make Premiere more accessible? So effective since November 4, we're also lowering the price for most of our licenses. So XF and GF, which is a couple of license versions that we have uh, based on the model. These are, ba these are based on the model of switches that you have. We're reducing Premiere uh, cost by 8%. So you can expect that change again to make it more affordable for people to go in Premiere, and in addition, obviously, Essentials and Advantage will have a small, slight price adjustment, uh, like around the ten percent or in the ten percent, uh, uh, you know, range. But I think that's extremely important for our customers. Again, getting Premiere at lower cost, getting more features, starting from Essentials, and then being being able to make the most out of dashboard. As 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 I think it was Mike the one that was saying it even starting with a VM cluster uh, or a physical environment as we as, as we might want, right? So that's that's definitely a good thing I think we're trying to achieve. So what do you think? What's what's the takeaway for customers? Deploy it, right? Exactly. I mean, I think there's there's really no excuse. Uh, we we want to make sure that whatever our customers have, that they make the most out of. So they already purchased the license. They, it already includes Nexus dashboard. So there's no reason for us even to go out there. And even if it's only a VM, let's just put it as a VM cluster. Now we're going to start supporting single node Nexus dashboard very, very soon, right? So, I mean, you want to start small, start small. You have an ACI fabric, well, make the most out of it. You have both NDFC, ACI, do it. If you have a standalone NXOS, we will also start supporting it around the February timeframe, right? So. There's no excuse. We should have no Nexus customer out there without Nexus dashboard. So yeah, would you run would you run ESX without vCenter? Probably. Exactly. Maybe if you have <laughs> one server, you might. You get a half dozen, it's unwieldy, and so no customer should run Nexus switches without Nexus dashboard as well. And I would have to say that uh, you should definitely reach out to your Cisco partner um, to uh, talk about. Coming out and installing Nexus dashboard and showing you the features. Well, there we go. Some final thoughts. <laughs> All right. Uh, to your listeners, if you want to continue your learning on today's topic, check out the resources in the show notes below. And of course, uh, make sure to subscribe to Cisco Champion Radio on your favorite streaming platform and receive alerts on our latest releases. So, wherever you're listening to us, make sure to click on that subscribe or follow button now. Thank you for tuning in. See you next episode.